Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. This is your host, Coach Todd Halls. I'm grateful to be here and excited to be here. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Excited to bring our guest on today. Today with us, we have, please welcome, Lori Mercaldi. Lori is a wife. She's a mom. She's a grandma. She's a business owner, a profit-first professional, and interestingly, she enjoys playing music on the side. This is something she enjoyed years ago, recently picked back up. So I can't wait to unpack that a little bit. Lori, welcome to Why Not Me. Thank you for having me, Todd. My pleasure. So give us, if you would, just to fill, fill in the blanks. Like where, t- tell us a little bit more about you. That was a pretty broad umbrella, I just guess. So uh, give us a little more sense of who you are. Well, I started out in um, accounting and tax, accounting and tax practice 35 years ago. And uh, the reason I started a business to begin with is because I had two small children at home. They were almost three and I'm just one years old. And I went out to work into the working world. And I discovered that uh, by going out to work, by the time I paid for daycare, I was only taking home about $50 a week which I thought to myself, there had to be a whole better way to do this, to make to help the family as far as financially um, and still take care of Yeah. So I started looking into how to start a business. And in 1988, there wasn't a lot out there. Today we have the internet. It's pretty easy to go through and try to either find people that are already in business, mentors, um, resources, uh, back then, there was not the internet we have today. What we had was three major services, online services. There was CompuServe, Prodigy, and AOL. And I remember back then that I would get on to CompuServe, and I would set aside $24 a month so I could get on for four hours a month. So it was pretty expensive. Um, also, I didn't have a lot of... Uh, People in my area that were running a business, particularly one at home, particularly being uh, a young mother, that is something that was pretty much unheard of. Um, so as I passed on, I managed to uh, get into the internet, and a lot of my work was tech related as far as accounting and tax. So that wasn't much of a jump. And uh, I did develop that business, and I did it for many years. And recently, uh, over the last three or four years, I moved on to cash flow management. During that interim time, I was also financial advisor. So I kind of rolled in my financial advisor experience along with the accounting attacks and um, started to move into the direction of passion and management. 
And that's why I be, uh, became looking um, for some type of certification or training around passion management. And that's how I came across uh, Profit Search on the space in my book by Mike McCallowitz. And I could see how this type of passion management would greatly help my entrepreneurial clients um, going forward. Because this passion management wasn't something that was central to what they were, what they were doing. Yeah, it's interesting as you described your your journey. Did, like when you started out, even like I think in nineteen eighty eight, you started out. Is did you have a picture of where you'd end up? Is this what what you thought it would look like as you were starting your business? It's kind of crazy. Um, I actually thought about it the last couple of weeks. I've been reading the book you. Uh, last time we spoke, you were talking about ten uh, X is easier than two X. Yeah, looked out by Dan. So I'm I'm an avid reader. And all of their book listening, listening to books like that, that's something that's big for me. And it's kind of funny that um, some of the stuff that's in that book right now, it made me kind of look back as far as, you know, where you started, as, as opposed to always being concerned with what your end goal is. You don't really take, um, you take advantage of what you're about to accomplish. But um, I, I did not see myself, to look around in my office now and stuff, it's, uh, it's amazing to me how far I did go. But it's something you don't always, you really should take a look at it and see how far you've actually come. And it's something that we, we just don't do anymore. We don't end up with that. But yeah, I, I didn't see myself. I, 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 my my 24-year-old self could not have seen where I am right now. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah it's, it's an amazing journey. And think, um, did did you think of yourself in the moment as a pioneer? Not because I had nothing to compare it to. So um, when I began reaching out to people, it was people that weren't even in my field. For example, there was these, uh, this writing couple from California. Um, I don't know if you remember when you just had the bulletin board systems and you would just chat back and forth with the black screen with the white lettering. <laughs> um, and I then I've written a book about uh, running a high-based business because they were writers and they had, had always done that and uh it's just today to think how easy it is even uh meeting you uh, to kind of thing you didn't you didn't have that availability of meeting people all over the country and and uh you know get it learning about what they do and uh being able to get that out to your clients as a resource that just wasn't available so yeah it's, it's completely different I, i've always been one that has uh has that kept up with technology because I had to, and it's easier for for a solo criminal or a small business owner to move technology wise as opposed to a bigger organization that has a lot more red tape and more things that they have to go through to to make any changes at all. So the technology sure, in my business, yeah, and there's just more agility for the small business, the the solo criminal. There's not as much to change, and it's not as yeah. So it seems deep. So at what point did you have the realization that there was a need for cash flow management? Like, when, when did that? So, I, yeah. was, so I, I was about 13 years into uh, being a financial planner. Um, and I had integrated financial planning in with my um, my accounting clients as, because a lot of them worked saving for retirement. Uh, the focus was at the end of the year, how much money did I make? If they had anything left, they wanted to spend it on equipment. Um, and then they would get the 
never-ending cycle of spending whatever they had just to pay tax. Well, if you have to pay tax, it's probably a good thing because that means you're making money. Um, so I just, I just got tired of seeing everybody go through that same kind of thing. And no matter what kind of conversation I would have, that they were all concerned with the tax savings. So I started looking for something that would be more cash flow focused and keep more money in the pocket. And if there were times, you know, they would they would pile everything back into their business. If they had a hundred thousand dollars in a second, they're gonna spend, you know, as much as they can of that and leave a dollar left of themselves if they pay themselves at all. So I got, you know, I got to the point where this was this wasn't a good thing to do. And so what I, I did was I started looking out for different uh, different programs that would allow me to explain cash flow management better to the client. And I came across the book by Mike McCallowitz, Profit First. And I decided that I would touch that within my business first. And um, basically, Profit First is Profit First. You pay yourself first, you pay your taxes, and you have your profit set aside. Whatever's left is for operating expenses. You kind of force your efficiency as far as whatever you have in an operating expense account. That's all you can spend. And it allows you to keep more for yourself and pay yourself first because that's the point of being in business in with. Um, so I, you know, I started looking at that and I, I implemented in my business and within the first year, and even though I'm in a financial position, this kind of changed my mindset completely because I came from the world of accounting where profit, um, sales minus profit equals expenses. And then this, just having to flip with that equation, uh, sales minus profit equals expenses was completely a game changer. And once it started working in my business, I said, I'm going to start rolling that out for clients. And, and it's made a big difference in their businesses now, too. That is awesome. So can you, like, does, does any, are there any standouts that come to mind? Like, wow, it, like, it changed their business, their life, like anything that, when a client that really jumps out is tremendous? Yeah, I, I think the mindset shift of not spending everything that you have and setting up the separate bank account has really helped clients. Um, I think the biggest thing that I get to see is a sense of relief on their face where they realize got a process on top of their accounting system itself where they know how much they're going to be paying themselves each month. Um, it just, it's like a light bulb comes on and in Zoom calls, it's, uh, it's really hard to see when they finally have that sense of relief that they've got a plan and they will have enough money set aside for their tax liability for the year. Um, I think that's been the biggest uh, thing that I've noticed with clients. Amazing. As you were talking, what, what comes to mind is this picture of um, a picture of uncertainty. Like that you're standing at a crossroads or, or and there's like eight different ways you can go and seven of them probably aren't good. Um, but you're not sure what you have that like there's really no indicators and that's kind of how it's kind of how a lot of us have run our businesses in the past, right? We we we've got all these options and all they know is that yeah. And and so then to have what came to mind is it gives them this this degree of certainty. Not that it's 100%, but it's just they know this is this is going to be there and there's profit, there's owner pay, there's taxes. Like these things are covered and it just takes all that uncertainty away from the conversation. Is that, do I have that right sense? I 
that's exactly right. I mean, even, you know, if they, they can also set up a separate bank account, say they want to hire, hire on, they, a lot of times the first step of hiring somebody is really scary. Um, but if they set aside a certain amount of money where they can build up a bank roll of, you know, maybe two to three months salary or something for somebody new, that kind of gives them a sense of security that that amount is there and to go ahead and, and hire someone on. Um, definitely the tax, tax account, uh, for them to get to the end of the year and realize they've been able to make their estimated payments over that period of time and have comfort in that, knowing that the money's already sent in, as opposed to scrambling on April 15th, saying, how am I going to pay this tax liability? Uh, there's, there's all these little little things that happen. I mean, that's that, and then paying themselves, um, taking a profit out quarterly. You do a quarterly profit distribution and just spend it on anything. Uh, for myself, what we use it for, I have a vacation account. That's what we do is we, I fund that vacation account with the profit money every quarter. And once we just got back from a vacation and we got to Nashville, Tennessee, um, so that, you know, I set aside money so that way we're ready to take a vacation money's there. So that, and you gotta have a, it's, it's a sense of, it's gotta be something that, that you're willing to fight for and you're willing to do. I mean, you gotta you got be all in on it. I mean, I know vacations are important to me. That and visiting my grandchildren, which they're, they're both, uh, all my grandchildren are, are about five hours distance from here. Although those things wise really give you the incentives to fund that profit account. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's worth mentioning. Uh, it, it's a discipline, right? And it takes discipline to do it. And you know, you just reminded me of whether somebody's exercise routine. Like, what's your what's your why? Uh, there has to be right. something that that drives you to get up and go for the walk or the gym, or whatever. Much like. Um, profit first, having the discipline to stop and say, no, this, we have to put the profit in first. We have to do the owner and just following the system. So how do you, how does that come into play? How do you help the, like in a very tactical sense, how do you help the business owners with this process? I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. Uh, how do you, how do you, how do you help the business owners with this process? So I help them set up the system as far as um, take a look at their financials to see where they currently are. Um, but the, the very first question I ask them is, what do you want this business to provide you? Because a lot of times when people start a business, they create a job as opposed to um, creating a business that, that, um, that funds their income and lifestyle. You know, that's the first question I ask because a lot of times, you know, they've just been pushing and um, contractors are a good example. They just build and do whatever, you know, they have to do to get money in the bank and they don't really think ahead of time what does, what does this dollar have, have a job for. Each dollar has a job. So I, by setting up, um, we do what's called a, it's like a blueprint. We go through, we see where they currently are and then see where we're, trying to get to the target that they're, they're looking to, to get to. So it's just uh, an, it's a monthly process. It's a process for going through your expenses. Um, you know, we help them do that. We help them set up their allocations to begin with what they originally need to be starting with. Um, if they haven't been setting any profit aside, we start with 1% of their, of their real revenue and just put that away. Sometimes it's just it may be a small amount, but it's a start. It's building the practice and habit 
setting aside money for a specific line item. Which profit? That should be what what you're working for. That's why we start a business normally. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, and and just you reminding me, like even if it's even if it's one percent, it's the it's it's practicing the discipline, building that muscle to put one percent away, and you learn to. And, and as you do that, you have to operate. If you were operating on a hundred dollars, now you have to operate on ninety nine. So you once you settle into that, then pretty soon you can put another dollar in, and now you operate on ninety eight. You just get better at operating within whatever that expense amount is. I would imagine. Yeah, it, guardrails. You're setting up guardrails that you you have a specific percentage that goes into each one of these um, bank accounts. You can set up five core bank accounts and one like uh, income account. All income goes into that one account. And then from there, it's allocated to your profit, owner's code, tax, and operating expenses. So by putting up guardrails and having these bank accounts set up, it allows you to um, actually see where your cash is going. It's each allocation. So um, I could, as opposed to throwing it all in one bank account and then paying out expenses, everything, payroll of that account, and then giving yourself if there's anything left. So backwards to what you should be doing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the parallel I, I've drawn lately, and the the the, the law or the the theory is based on it's called is it Parkinson's law? Do I have that right? Yep. Yep. And if I misstate this, let me know. But it just says that things like expenses will expand or they'll fill up as much room, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, as much income as you get, you can, your expenses tend to, to fall with that same income. And that's why businesses get with situations where they're spending every dollar because as they made more, they spend more. Whereas if you pull your, your cash out and pay yourself, the profit and your owner's pay first, and you're working with just what's left, the operating expense uh, tasks that you can use. It's, I call it fast efficiency. You're going to get really efficient at using whatever you have left. So that's, yeah, and that Parkinson's law is definitely that's, that's what, it, I mean, what efficiency is about. Yeah, and, and the parallel I draw is we, we, it seems we have, we suffer the same challenges with our calendars as business owners. See this all the time where, Work just keeps expanding into you know into yep. dinner time, into Saturdays, and, and it expands as much as you let it until you start your calendar with me time and time with your spouse and time with your kids. And if, if you don't have those buckets, so to speak, clearly defined and the guardrails up, yep. work just... My, uh, my calendar, it's the accountant in me. I actually have an Excel spreadsheet, the time blocking. Um, because I wanted to make sure that when I was in my office, I'm only working on office stuff, and outside the office, I'm working. I'm, I'm on home things. So um, and working at from home, and a lot of people have done it now. Uh, but really, you need to put that time blocking in place so that way you're, because otherwise you're spending all your time working. Um, and that's, I mean, I've done that for years, especially when I, I had, um, I just recently, the last year, I let go of my individual tax clients. So that was taking me about uh, that was taking me about sixty hours a week, and now I'm down to like twenty five to thirty, which is a big change. But I needed to make the space in order to move on to something else and to just focus on the task management. 
So it's uh, it's been a process, and it, it was scary. It took me four years to decide I'm I'm going to let go of that part of my business. Um, and I was fortunate that I had other accountants in the area that that were willing to take on the clients. And now my focus is on self-employed, self-employed entrepreneurs, um, because that is where where I like to work, and I like I like to help them um, get their cash in order. So they can retire someday. You know, they, they work until they can't work anymore. I'd rather see them say, okay, I got a set date. This is when I'm retired and it'd be nice, but I have the money set aside for that. So that's kind of, I, I really try to work on that with my, my self-employed clients. As you, as you talked about having the spreadsheet and your, your, the boundaries you have in place, was it always that way or, or, did, or was that learned? Because just thinking back to the beginning of your journey, 1988 or so, you decide I'm, I'm going to go to work on my own business and you're at home and you do that because you have two young, because your kids were young. And so now you're working at home, kids, et cetera. And I know there's people, like a lot of folks are doing it now, but there's a lot of people still struggling to find that that balance. How does it all work? So what? how'd that work for you in 1988 and what was what was the evolution like for you? I had no boundaries in 1988. <laughs> and so my kids were uh, young, and my husband was on a shift. We were on different shifts nine of the first 11 years we were married. And one of the shifts he was on was third shift, which was an overnight shift. You worked so from midnight to eight. So that's I had to kind of figure out how, how I was going to take care of the kids. We had air plugs, which was good because we had to be able to speak during the day. But taking care of the kids at, at, during the day until I went to bed. And then basically basically my time block was at night when they were sleeping. That's when I was working uh, before he got up to go to, to, go to work. Um, so, yeah, I had no idea what time blocking was. This has been, it's probably been the last 10 years that I started uh looking at my time as far as, look, I only have, time is an infinite, and you don't know how much you have. Um, and I started realizing that the time was more valuable to me than how much I was making. So, you know, we, and then, so you say, okay, well, how can I, how can I work this many hours and still maintain this amount of income? And slowly that process moved to uh, time blocking. And then a few years ago, I read the book, um, the 12 week year. So that is where, and I find that very effective too. Rather than planning one uh, one year out for goal setting, you plan uh, this quarter, quarter at a time. So you have four times to reach the goals instead of one time end of the year. So I, I found that in the last few years, and that's kind of helped and kind of built that in with the time blocking. Um, and I, 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 the efficiency, it, it's much higher now forces me to work within a certain time period. And if I get in my office and I feel like I'm just playing office and not, not being productive, I get out. There's no point sitting there when I could be doing something more um, productive or something I enjoy uh, instead of sitting there saying, okay, just because this is the time I'm supposed to be here, uh, if, I, if my mind is here, I'm gone. And it took me a long time to realize, hey, that's okay. Nobody's going to say anything. I don't have to punch a clock. No, those are just some of the things that I've learned over the last, probably the last 10 years. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. So um, you made a decision, 
couple things at play here. You made the decision to um, step back from the the one on one tax clients. I think I've got that right. Um, and that's so that's been a process as you've transitioned them out. Um, you, you just shared how you, you, know, you use time blocking. You've learned to, if your mind's not there, to just block out. All that had to come with some decision making. And, and yeah. because there's some courage involved in like just even saying, okay, I'm not going to do this part of my business because from what you've shared, it was a substantial part of the business. So there's, there's some courage in letting that go. There's faith in that there's something better. But somewhere there was the moment when you said, this is, I'm, I'm decided to do this. Walk us through that. What's that like from it? How do you make that decision? What? Yeah. I think, I think I started looking at, um, you know, what kind of value was I bringing to clients if my mindset wasn't uh, there? And I think tax law, I'm an, I'm an enrolled agent. So tax law is always going to be part of what I do. And, um, you know, for helping clients as far as tax planning, the planning, the actual tax preparation uh, took a lot of time, um, actually doing the forms and, and getting that out. And I did, at one point I had uh, three other people working with me. And then during the pandemic, we were, I was, I was mostly virtual to begin with, not so much all of my clients, but the, the, the admin assistant that I had was, was remote. Um, and so slowly I started, uh, she started working ahead and I said, I no longer have anybody coming in here physically. Um, cause I would have people, I had three people part-time during taxis in and out of here. That's what shared it. That's pretty interesting. But, you know, they beaten it out, out of there. And then I started looking at, okay, the value that I was bringing, uh, individual clients was that I was, the, the stuff compliance wise was done correctly. Uh, didn't have any audits, didn't have uh, you know, any my clients were fantastic. I didn't work with anybody that wasn't a good human being. So that, that really helped too. And that was the difficulty in letting them go. Because some of these clients had been with me for 35 years. Wow. So I, I started thinking, how am I going to actually do this? So the, over the last, the, the last two years, I slowly started um, putting back on clients. Um, and I had other, I had other accounts. I wasn't about to just let them go anywhere. So what I did was I, I had, uh, I collaborate with a few different accounts in the area and I placed everyone. So everyone had a place to go, uh, depending on what the situation was, the level of need, uh, service they needed, I let them go. And I think that realization is when I started saying, if I were to eliminate this part of it, as big as a part of it, if it was in my business. Um, what, what is on the other side of that? And I just, I got to the point where a lot of the clients were coming in physically, they're in my area. Um, so I know I needed to arrest that result. Uh, the other thing that happened that was huge was my husband retired in 2018, he was 56. He, uh, retired from a pharmaceutical company, uh, six years early. This was fine, but I knew that I couldn't operate my business 60 hours a week if he is retired. It just wasn't going to work. Um, had a long session and one of those uh, moments where you're having a discussion with yourself saying, hey, I want to wrestle part of my business, so what do you think? Um, and he's retiring, right? So um, <laughs> it's always, and because I have a retirement background that, and financial planning, that was a big plus because then I could see, 
okay, if, if I took this path, what would it look like in three to five years from now? And uh, it's pretty much played out the way that I thought, and we were ready for it. We were fortunate. We were, we, were, uh, we had been uh, saving, and we had been setting this up for a while. And uh, like I said, now is the time to do it. Even now or never. I need. I'm. I'm not getting any younger, and I need. If I'm going to make this move, it's got to be done soon. So that's kind of the process that I went through. And then I knew. You know, I'm thinking, what kind of value do I my bring to to on? Um, clients, and I could see that the cash flow management and helping them design, helping them to design their lifestyle about that uh, was much more valuable than putting numbers on the cash flow. So that's kind of what I felt, you know, that's something that I want to pursue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. So as <laughs> we were talking before we started recording, you mentioned that you, you took up uh, you took up music again and, it, and it's been a while and so yeah. again you know white courage keeps coming up as, as i learn more about you because uh you, you jump back into music publicly after a pretty yeah. good hiatus share share with yeah. us what that's all about well uh in 1999 i was part of the band and my husband was in the band so and we recorded eight original songs and i had written a couple and we wrote four, and yeah, a couple of the other band members just wrote one. And so we went to the recording studio, and we recorded it, and we just played locally around the area. Well, you know, that was, that was a long time ago. So that was 1999, we released the CD, and then we didn't do anything with it after that. People bought it, and people still asked us to play those songs. Um, but I wasn't, and I stopped playing keyboard. Um, I, I just I just stepped away from it. The only time I would sing is once in a while with karaoke. And then uh, late last year, my husband was asked to start playing guitar for um, a, a local group of musicians that were retired, and they practiced on Tuesday afternoons in the basement. So I thought it was a very nice basement. It's actually a recording studio down there. And he started playing, and then about six months later, he said, hey, I want you to come sing a song this you know, see, see what you can do. So I sang a song and they looked at me and they said, can you do these that we are that I've never heard of before? So I said, sure, why not? Because um, I'm always up for a challenge. So that was in February. And then recently in August, we played for a, um, it's a we have a community where they have, uh, they have bands in the park during the summer time. And Somebody approached one of the band members and said, hey, you guys want to play? And he says, well, that'd be great. But we managed them playing by ourselves in a recording studio. So uh, it's going to be interesting to have to play outside. So we did. And that was the first time in 24 years that I sang in front of a group uh, at all. It, it, it's just it is surreal. It's just, I'm standing there and I'm like, wow, what a time warp. That is. It's not like, you know, five years or six, you know, five to ten years. It was 24 years. Um, but uh, I, I now need space for that. So we get to practice on Tuesday afternoons. I have that all blocked off that I can't work that, that day. We've noon hit. We're out of here for four and a half hours. So, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't design the system to be set up to work within, work within that. And I just got to the point where I missed it. And I said, well, how can I? It, it's kind of weird. I started thinking, what can I do with this, this extra time? And it just kind of set up. It's kind of like the universe just said, hey, here we go. This is what I want you to do. So I said, I, I, I 
I took that as a hint and I started playing again. So I sing in the band. I don't play keyboard, but I play keyboard on my own. I actually started playing that again. Um, that's for something they do. Awesome. So uh, singing and playing the keyboard, did it come right back? Like, like... Uh, it, was, it was a process. <laughs> it's just, um, some of the songs that I'm doing are songs that I've never done. Um, some of them are high-powered rock songs where I've, I've been watered, uh country rock. Um, but it was interesting because, like, they were giving a song, and I'd say, can you do this? I'm like, hmm, I heard it before. I don't know if I can sing it, but I give it a shot, and it was I actually surprised myself. But, yeah, it took, it took a little You get out of practice not singing. Um, it, it does make a difference. But I'm, I'm back in it now. I'm practicing as much as I can now. Oh, that's awesome. As we as we visited the, um, you've gone about your business life with intentionality. It seems that's the like you you started like you you thought about where you're at. And like this isn't working with daycare, and you set up this business with kind of a, an idea, a vision of where it was. And, and granted, it's evolved, but even it's evolved because you've got you've been intentional about the type of life you want. Right. Yep. And that's always been, uh, you know, I've always had to, I've, been, I've always been on mindset how to adjust things to be a little better, you know, to not, not to grind. I mean, if there's been times that you grind to do the work. Um, but I think, I think with age comes a little bit of wisdom as to how to spend your time. Um, and definitely, um, in the last three years, I didn't have any grandchildren up until three years ago. And now all of a sudden that's something that's been added. Um, and because they do live a distance away, I need to make space for going down to visit each of them. My son lives outside of Bapsi with his wife. He has a little girl. Um, and my daughter has a little girl, a little boy outside of the city. So. Uh, able to run, we'll give it. It's five dollar drive either way. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're doing this weekend. Is uh, my my granddaughter Violet? She got hurt, so we're going down. Going down to that. Oh, that's um, awesome! Awesome, awesome. So, has there been a a mentor or or somebody in mentor or coach, somebody in your life that you? connected with or even just followed read a bunch of their books like who's had the most influence would you say in shaping um just your thought processes and in, in the way you looked at business and things i do a lot of doing a lot of personal development reading um definitely i think michael gerber's book you met that was probably uh, probably about 15 years ago um i read that and then that kind of Help me get on the path of, uh, you know, thinking about which, you know, I'm doing uh, Mike McCallowitz books, all of them, Pumpkin Pan and Clockwork and, um, you know, Pocket Birth. That, that even like the Clockwork and learning how to manage the business itself. You don't start out knowing how to manage a business. You you know how to do do the work that you're doing, but you don't know how to run a business. And uh, I think. Reading as much as I do makes a big difference. I have a lot of good people around me. Um, I, I like building relationships with, with people, either clients or out, out, outsourced um, 
people that are, you know, anybody that I run into, if I get their marketing professional, um, LinkedIn professional, um, of course, Profit First, they have all the, the guides that work down there. Um, and that's a great organization as far as collaborating with other professionals. And anybody I've ran into, you know, other accountants, lawyers, um, insurance brokers, anything like that. Um, has all, I've learned something from everybody. And it helps me to build a resource bank of professionals that I can refer to other clients, my clients that need something else. So I've always tried to be in a position where if it's something that I can't do personally, I know somebody that can help. Know where to find the information. Um, but the tax research, that was huge. Back, back in the day, there was no tax research. You, you called the IRS. And, uh, you know, now, now you can, you can, there's all kinds of research services available. And there's, I, I am a member of NATP, which is the National Association of Tax Professionals. So we might have been in the middle of something. And I'm like, I don't have time to research. They have a research department. So I give them a call and I bounce ideas off people or other accountants. Um, and I think definitely the reading has, you know, if I don't know the author personally, might that I do, um, Jeffrey Shaw is another good one to read, um, Self-Employed Way by Jeffrey Shaw. He does good work still. Um, you know, just both books make a big difference as far as I get, I get ideas how to help clients, um, the, the running and operating of this and, the, and the, you know, determining how they want to put their life together. And, you know, we've been other authors and see how, how they've done it, why reinvent the wheel, you know, if it's already been done before. Love it. I'm reminded of a quote, um, and John Maxwell quotes, he, re, he re-quotes it, so it's not his. Um, but essentially, it's, uh, you'll be the same as you are 25 years from now as you are today, but for the books you read and the people you meet. And what you just described was reading a lot of books and surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, uh, that's what I, I like to do. And um, it's beneficial to other people around me. The more that the more I can absorb from everything, the more that I can, I can uh, help because I've heard it somewhere or can direct them to somebody that can help them. Yeah, that's awesome. Laura, as we get close to wrapping up here, for folks that would like to connect with you, uh, do you have a website? Is there some place they want to learn more about Profit First or your practice? How is it best to reach you? You can either reach me on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Lori McCauley. Or you can also go to my website. It's financialtally.com. F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L-T-A-L-L-Y.com. And that's my actual website for my business. But I'm on LinkedIn quite frequently, so I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Okay, perfect. Thank you. One final thing. Um, if you would, what, what's one important or impactful question you would leave with our listeners? Um, what do you want your lifestyle to look like? How do you want your business to fit into that? Thought-worthy questions. Thank you very much. Lori, thanks for being here. Really, we've loved having you. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for being here. Without you, we wouldn't be here. So thank you so much. I'm grateful that you tuned in. Whatever grand vision you've been given, whatever dream God has put in your heart, remember, you can. Until next time, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful, and live life strong. Peace to you, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. 
For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.